and welcome to the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. I'm delighted to be chatting with Joe, who is a NLP master practitioner and coach. She has over 30 years experience working with large corporate organizations and now dedicates her time to working with women in all aspects of their family and personal life, empowering them to strengthen positive mindset and well-being so that they can work towards the outcomes they want to achieve or overcome the challenges they are facing. Our chat today will focus on single moms and the challenges they face. A very warm welcome to the podcast, Joe. A very good morning to you, Joe. Hello, hello, David, and thank you for having me. It's great to be here, and I'm really looking forward to sharing my thoughts with everyone today. Oh, brilliant! Well, first of all, uh, where are you right now on planet Earth, and how's the weather? <laughs> I am based in Berkshire in the UK, and the weather—it's gales and uh, heavy rain today. So. Just what you would expect in May. So can I ask then, Joe, is Berkshire, is it a very posh part of the UK, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> it's not? Okay. <laughs> Just, where where exactly is it? Uh, it's, uh, I guess, about 30 miles uh, uh, west of London. All right. Okay. No, it, it, it sounds because Berkshire part sounds very, very posh. So I gave a brief <laughs> introduction about your backgrounds. Can you tell our listeners know a little bit more about yourself? Of course, yes. Um, So as you mentioned, I have spent 30 years working with corporate organisations. And for the last 14, I have um, worked with organisations who are going through transformational change. And my role has been to help them effectively change. And that's included a lot of coaching for those affected by the changes, as well as the leadership team within the organisation. Personally, um, I've faced a number of challenges in my life, including being a single parent to two children whilst working full time. So it's a topic that I'm really, really passionate about. So you have experience about it. So your first hand experience. Can I ask then, Joe, what what do you mean by transformational change? We didn't discuss this before with the podcast started, but I'm just kind of interested now. How does a company or organisation transform or what do they do is it because maybe things need to be improved or yes absolutely so there'll be a number of reasons either um either um in terms of the structure of the organization or they've grown quite significantly and they now need to rethink how they operate as a business or it could be that they're introducing or changing the technology that they use within the organization and whilst that's a system that they're introducing it comes with huge amounts of skills change behavior change culture change Um, it's not as straightforward as let's put a new system in place so the part that I help the organization to do is um, is really helping the people within the organization be ready, willing and able to adopt the changes that are being introduced. Wow, that's very interesting. A lot of work involved, isn't it? Yes, huge amounts of work. And I think a lot of organizations do underestimate how much um, time, effort and support is needed for it. And were you doing this job? I know our discussion today is about single moms, but were you doing this job as a single mom? Uh, Yes, I was. So, yeah, I was working full time um, as a single mum, which comes with a whole host of uh, sort of different sort of uh, challenges, I guess. There's there's the support for the children challenge, but there's also a 
huge element of guilt, I think, that you feel for not being there for your children all the time, which as a single mum, that can be really hard to manage. Life is busy enough as it is. And if you're bringing up children, working full time, managing a home on your own, it can be really, really tough. Can you expand on that? Because you mentioned that with regards to the challenges. So what, what are generally the challenges of of single mums on a, on a daily life or a weekly yeah, life? I mean, from my own personal experience, David, it can feel pretty overwhelming. Um, I think you... You feel, you know, I've touched on how, you know, how much there is to do and the the stress that comes along with that and the feeling of overwhelm is quite typical um, in in single mums and certainly something that I experienced. You've also got the financial concern, you know, being able to adequately provide for your children. Um, I look back now at at that time and recognise how incredibly stressed I was all the time impact on my children and those around me as well, well as my own personal well-being. So with regards to the financial challenges, obviously that's very tough. So did you, in your circumstance, did you have any support or should single mums, is it expected that they have support either from, say, the social system or a partner? Or did you have any of that whatsoever in your experience? I was incredibly fortunate that I had um, my parents close by. I had an immediate and brilliant support network. And I appreciate that not everyone has that. And and that can make it tougher. Um, You know, having a strong network of friends or family around you certainly is something that can help you as a single mom and can help you to feel less overwhelmed, less stressed. And, and I guess also things I see struggling to cope as a single mom, and therefore they become to believe that they're not able as an individual, which which I think people that don't have that, you know, the, the feeling of overwhelm and stress can be even higher. So trying to find a network of people that can help you and support you um, can help to ease those feelings of stress and overwhelm. And actually, one of the things um, that I see a lot with single mums is that not having that network around them sort of almost means that they lose their self-confidence and, and, and their self-esteem because they actually start to begin to feel that they're not capable as an individual because they're struggling or they're stressed or they're overwhelmed. And that's that's is so definitely untrue. Right. So can we then kind of get rid of the perception of what a single mom is? A single mom is a, a mom who's been divorced. She's kind of maybe had a, a child out of marriage. You know, she's dating somebody else that has uh, she has kids and they don't. Yeah, completely. And I think I would say that it's all of these things. Um, and actually, it can be equally as challenging if you're doing it alone, regardless of, you know, what circumstance you're in as a, a single mom. I mean, dating with children can feel pretty daunting, you know, bringing someone new into the family unit, hoping everyone will feel accepted. For my case, it takes a long time for a new family unit to bond. And I I coach mums who experience lots of ongoing tension, especially where you know, their new partner and their children don't form that good relationship and they kind of feel stuck in the middle. Um, 
you know, some some also find themselves as a single mum when their partner um, sadly passes away. Um, and this can be incredibly traumatic as they're struggling to come to terms with the situation whilst knowing they have to really you know, try and hold it together for their children. So there's many different situations where people find themselves as a single mum. And one of the things I would say that you know, being in a relationship that isn't working is pretty hard on everyone, but the prospect of becoming a single mum can actually make it difficult for people to move on from a relationship, make it a very difficult decision to make. I mean, you mentioned in regards to, uh, you know, dating or introducing partners to, to the mm. kids. Have you any suggestions for that? I mean, is there a perfect formula? You know, do you wait three months? Do you wait six months? Do you wait nine months? Or is there no particular time, just whenever you're ready to, to introduce your partner to, to your kids? Yeah, I think, I think, oh, I don't think there's a perfect uh, formula. Definitely not. And I think, um, I think it will depend on your children and, and their sort of personality and, and their, I think it will depend on um, sort of you as an individual and how comfortable you, you feel. And I think, and don't be afraid to talk to your children about it. Don't automatically expect them to accept it. Be prepared for some challenges. Be prepared for that bond not to form immediately, um, and 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 openly talk about it, and and be willing to be willing to look at different ways of helping to make it work. Do single mums, Joe? Do they feel ashamed, or should they feel ashamed? I know this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not coming across the point of finger of single mums, but as an as a general question, do single mums feel ashamed? Or should they feel ashamed? They should definitely not feel ashamed, but many do. Um, and many feel ashamed because they they kind of, they feel like they've failed or they're a failure. Um, it becomes um, sort of a, an identity level belief that they have. Um, and actually feeling like they've failed or they're a failure, not only makes them feel ashamed, but actually sometimes stops them from reaching out and asking for support. So it kind of doubles the, doubles the impact on their well-being because they feel really bad about themselves, um, but they don't want to ask for help, which you know, increases the burden, which makes them feel even worse about themselves. You mentioned they're kind of worse about themselves. Well, the, the emotional experiences, made, you know, what type of emotional experiences would a single mum face? I know we, we, we uh, touched on it with regards to, uh, you know, it's going to be quite overwhelming. So how how then can you cope? I mean, you mentioned they're like trying to ask for help, but how, how can you cope when you're, if you're in that position? Scream? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. And if you're doing that in a room in a, on your own, and that is a way of, um, you know, um, you know, emotions, feeling emotions, expressing emotions is is so important. Hiding emotions is so bad for your well-being. And if you feel you need to scream in order to um, feel better, go into a room, you know, in the house and do it by all means. That's so <laughs> feel better afterwards I can tell you um so yeah how can you cope um yeah we've mentioned the strong network uh we've I've talked briefly about reaching out for help you know what so 
I think single mums are very good at giving the impression that everything is fine. Right. So how is anyone supposed to know that you need help if you don't ask for it? You know, you, you kind of got to be courageous and, and admit to yourself um, that you need help. And actually, I guess support in terms of the sort support available, I think sometimes whilst you're in the midst of the chaos going on around you, you're so wrapped up with putting one foot in front of the other. You're so consumed by sort of making ends meet that you don't necessarily put your head above the parapet to, to think about where can I get support? What support is available to me? And I would say absolutely don't suffer in silence. Get the help you need, um, whether that's friends, family, at work, a coach, um, you know, there are people out there that can help you. Um, there's lots of uh, networking sites for single mums, you know, find ways that you can connect with other people that are, may be in a similar position to you. And, and that automatically helps you to feel that like you're less alone in this as well. And, and should single mums then be more selfish for themselves? So kind of like you look after yourself first and then the rest will fall into place. I know we mentioned that with regards to like looking for help, but yeah, should you be a little bit more selfish as a single mom? And should Absolutely. I be calling single mom single moms? Is am I am I is They're this moms. the right terminology? We're moms. We are moms. we are we are moms. Yeah, definitely. We are moms. And you know, looking after yourself, there's the analogy in terms of, you know, put your own mask on first before helping someone else if you're on a plane. Yeah. So looking up, if you don't look after yourself, you are not going to be in a position to look after anyone else. And so looking after yourself, not forgetting the basics, you know, things like getting enough sleep, eating properly, drinking enough fluids, getting regular exercise. Even if you're just making sure that you're covering those basics, um, you will feel better placed to be able to look after your children and cope with the things that are going on every day. They know the 101 things that you're coping with every day. I'm going to touch on this one now, and I usually ask this question. With regards to social media, how or what suggestions are, in your opinion, can mums cope with looking at you know the, the, the Facebook posts, the Instagram posts, and they see the next door neighbor or their friends having this wonderful life. Is it best just to get off the social media and just get on with your life than to, than to compare yourself to others? Yeah, that's a really interesting one, David, because I think it depends on uh, your personality. And you know, make, making comparisons is one of the worst things you can do. It's just so bad for your well-being um if you're gonna make a comparison it should only ever be about yourself and your own progress because if you if you do make comparisons and you know social media is just uh, it's just every you know we, we're seeing other people's lives all the time and whilst someone else is looking like a higher achiever or looking happier or you know having more of everything and doing all these amazing things the truth underneath it is quite likely that they have the same amount of insecurities as we do you know the the same amount of challenges as we do and you're not seeing a full picture 
of that person's life. You're not there 24-7. You're not, not seeing what, what they're really um, sort of living with or living through. And quite often it's the people that have the most challenges, the most insecurities, the, the most sort of lack of self-esteem or self-confidence who put all these amazing photos up to help them feel better about themselves. What about career, Joe? I mean, our organisation is now more uh, sympathetic or do they show compassion to uh, uh, single mothers? It's a tricky, that's a tricky one to answer um, in terms of, you know, uh, as a as a generalised um, sort of response. But I would definitely say it depends on the organisation. What I'm seeing is that more and more organisations are providing flexible working, working from home, uh, part-time, term-time, which not only benefits single mums, but really anyone who's caring for other people. I also I also see quite a move towards kind of bringing your whole self to work and the focus and more of a focus on the importance of well-being in a lot of organisations. Um, you know, in the past, probably showing my age here, but in the past, it would have been a leave your personal life at the door kind of mentality. Right. Definitely changed, which is fantastic. And other thing that I'm seeing a lot more of is mental health first aiders. So, you know, they're specifically trained to support anyone who's suffering with poor mental health or they're struggling for any reason. And it's an amazing resource for single mums and all employees to be able to access. I'm going to take a step back there because a question just came came into my mind. If you meet somebody and you go out on a date with them or you're you're beginning to start a relationship, when do you tell the partner? Or is there any moment when you tell them? Because you know, know yourself where a lot of a lot of people use these dating apps now and they, they kind of come across as their, their best selves and they don't mention uh, generally if they have kids or pretty much most of the stuff that's gone on in their lives. Is there any point where you say in the, on the first date or the first outing with a new partner, you say, well, just by the way, I have two or three kids? Or you, do you just kind of get to know them first and then maybe throw it in there? What, what do you think? In your opinion, I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. in my opinion, I guess I, I would always, probably not on the first date, but I would always believe in, in the person that I was dating it's kind of being being completely open with them. What you don't want to do is get three months down the line or whatever and suddenly go, oh, by the way, I've got three children and 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 find out that that is a big spanner in the works in terms of in terms of a possible relationship. So my perspective on it would be to be very open. Uh, this is who I am and this is part of what comes with me kind of thing you know if that's if that's not something that feels right then it's probably better to find that out sooner rather than later if they're not willing to hang around say bye-bye cheerio thanks for exactly. the memories <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> and, and, and look after yourself bye-bye we self and joe touched on this before we recorded and uh, if any listeners are out there uh, with regards to, we are fully aware as well that there's not just single mums out there, but there's also uh, single dads. And this podcast may have a relevance to you also if you're listening. So I'll go back to my question now. So what if somebody's struggling at this time, they're struggling to cope, what, what suggestions do you have or advice have you got for them 
in, a, in the most simplistic way of putting it? Is there any formula or any steps you could take for them to to kind of help them manage the situation? Definitely. Um, so there's probably four things. So on top of the basics, which we already talked about, you know, eat, sleep, drink, regular exercise. Um, I would encourage anyone who is struggling to actually tune into what their thoughts are, what their feelings are, their emotions. You know, don't try and keep pushing it to one side. Don't try and sort of push it into the corner and I'll deal with that later. Um, you know, we tend to put ourselves last as mums. And so take the time to notice how you're feeling, what your thoughts are occupied by and how your behaviour actually has probably changed as a result. So really, really tune into that is the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is know what your de-stressors are. So what are the things that you can do to feel good about yourself, to feel more relaxed and to feel less stressed? And, and how can you build them into your daily or re- weekly routine so that you are consciously helping yourself to unwind, relax and be less stressed? And I guess linked to the stress, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, take a good look at what you've got on your plate. You know, the 101 tasks that you're juggling, plate spinning every day and think about which could you stop, which could you just postpone to another time and which ones could you get some help with? I I know that, you know, having less to do and less to worry about can certainly be a big relief in itself. And then lastly, I would say, recognise when you need support. And however hard it might feel to reach out, have the courage to do it. And it might be that it's helped with practical things in your life or emotional support um, or even something that you're finding challenging in terms of parenting. But see what help you can get, um, uh, depending on what your needs are. Uh, good advice, Jerry. I mean, are hobbies good as well to have? I mean, is, is it worth your while getting involved in a hobby, even with the kids? Or is it best to kind of like keep it separate? I, hobbies are amazing. And I touched on kind of de-stressors and things that make you feel good about yourself. And, and quite often, hobbies are things that make people feel pretty good about themselves. But also, they... Um, they enable the part of your brain, the sort of main conscious part of your brain, which is doing the what am I going to do, where am I going to go, what time is it, what you know, all that kind of thing to, to switch off. Yeah. Really enables you to relax and stop juggling so much, stop your mind worrying. Um, hobbies are brilliant for that. And is it good then? Is it good to keep, I'm sorry, kids, if you're listening to this, but is it good to keep the kids? kind of separate from your own hobbies to give yourself that kind of bit of space and a bit of me time to be a little bit selfish I I think so I mean I think it's important to have both I think children um, are far better behaved if they have uh, one-to-one attention during the day from their mum their dad whoever it might be um, you know they need that attention um, so it's it's good to spend time with them it's also good if it's possible to do things uh, with other people without the children or on your own really important you're a NLP master practitioner for anybody who doesn't know what that is what is that 
(laughs) Well, there's probably quite a lot of people that don't know what it is. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Very fancy. Mm -hmm. It is a type of performance psychology that um, is used in coaching and the tools and techniques work with the conscious and the unconscious mind to program and heal. So I work with people to help them change the identity level beliefs that they have about themselves, the behaviours and the emotions that are disempowering and getting in the way of them being, doing and having more of what they want in life. So um, I kind of refer it to it as a as like a manual for your mind. Um, but yeah, that's what NLP stands for. And is it generally that you practice generally with uh, mums or can anybody get in touch with you for a bit of help and a bit of support? I do tend to work with more women than men. Um, a lot of them are mums. They're generally looking to make positive change in their life and, and move forward and overcome the challenges they're facing. The challenges that mums face are, um, you know, equally find that, you know, dads and men face those same same challenges. So if it's about strengthening positive mindset, changing the beliefs that you have and the emotions and the behaviours that are disempowering, it's equally as relevant to, to everyone. I'm on your, looking at your website here at the moment, uh, joeof.co.uk. So if the listeners were to get in touch, I see you have a, I'm going to put you on the spot here, you have a, you have a free session, is that correct? I do, yeah. So I, I offer a free discovery session for people, um, mostly to give them the opportunity to see whether coaching would be right for them, and also to see whether I'm the right person to be coaching them. Right. So I offer that, and that enables them to try it out and see whether they want to take it forward and have some further coaching sessions. So usually, what, what is the discovery session? I'm reading here, it says, uh, if you suffer from low self-esteem, lack self-confidence, or struggle to find energy to, to, to achieve your goals, um, is that generally what you're trying to say? You're trying to find out if there's compatibility between whether you can help? Is that how it works, is it? Yeah, so what we would typically do in the discovery session is look at the outcomes that they're looking to achieve, um, understand their sort of current situation, their current reality, um, what obstacles and challenges they've got. And from that, they can they can decide whether they think coaching will help them in their current circumstances. I can help them to see whether coaching would help them and whether, the, as you say, the sort of compatibility element as well is so important when you have coaching that you feel completely comfortable with the person that you are coaching with because you need to be so honest about your situation and how you feel and and um yeah having someone that you feel compatible with is really really um important are are these coaching sessions joe are they done via like uh via virtual sessions like online via zoom or skype are they in person Yes, well, since uh, since March 2020, everything has been online. Coaching is really effective online. Uh, it's yeah, it's 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 face to face in terms of through Zoom. So uh, it works just as well. I do have 
I do have a little space um, in to do, you know, real face to face, but I haven't done any of that for quite some time now. So um, it also means that, you know, the, the coaching world, I guess, has opened up for people in terms of you don't need to live locally to, to, um, to a coach in order to have coaching. That online presence means that you can actually find the right person for you. And you're global as well, is it? So you can take anybody yes. from any country, right? Anyone, uh, sort of English-speaking country, yes. Brilliant. I'm actually just while while we're chatting, I'm having a little nosy of your website as well. And Joe has, uh, she has. You can download your free copy. Uh, it's for tips for increasing your self-confidence. And then there is lots of uh, there's one-to-one coaching, there's groups. And Joe also has a, uh, a blog, which is uh, pretty, pretty cool. So where else can the uh, listeners get in touch? Are you on all the social media? Are you are you a bit like myself? Kind of, I keep it all low profile. So what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am on social media. So you can find me on Facebook and uh, on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Um, I, I, you know, you mentioned the blog. I have become um, a really avid blog writer this year, David. And I, um, I would encourage people if they're interested to read blogs. That are, they're all on my website, and they all contain really practical information about, uh, well, on a variety of different well-being topics. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm looking out here. You have uh, look after your mental health, moving on in your professional life, unleashing your inner child, easing the feeling of overwhelmed. There's, there's lots of um, good information here, as as uh, Joe has mentioned. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Joe, before we go. What was the biggest challenge you have faced and how did you manage that challenge? Oh, wow. Um, I spent many years of my life not really knowing not really knowing where I was heading or what my purpose was. Um, I, I don't, you know, this might resonate with, with people. You know, life just seemed to happen to me rather than me being in the driving seat and had loads of amazing experiences, but I also felt that a lot of it was quite futile. And then becoming a single mum on top of that made things really hard I guess at the time I was just sort of, you know, taking one day at a time, but it was it was really, really hard. And finding NLP was such a game changer for me personally. And I've changed some, you know, fundamental beliefs that I had about myself, as well as triggers and emotions. Uh, It really has been life changing. And it's one of the reasons I am so passionate about coaching because I know the difference that it can make in your life. And it's actually knowing that is what inspired me to, to train and certify as a, as a master practitioner and coach so that I would be able to help other people achieve the same that, that thing that I achieved. Well, I think if there's any mums out there listening to this, uh, which I'm sure there will be, if you need any uh, support or help, uh, you can get in touch with uh, NLP master practitioner and coach. Uh, Joe off and as I mentioned before we'll put all the links in uh, the podcast and I just want to thank Joe very much for joining me today on the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. Thanks very much Joe. Thank you David, thanks very much.